Money FM 89.3, best of your money. Money and me on your money, only on Money FM 89.3. We love getting insights from professionals on this show to serve you, our investor community. So today we turn the spotlight on Integer Alpha. They're a Singapore-based, privately owned proprietary trading firm. Focused on algorithmic trading in a variety of asset classes traded on major exchanges across the world. Back in 2017, they traded $6 billion worth of securities. And in 2019, Integer Alpha began investing in developing its proprietary technology to embark on algorithmic trading activities. So it says it incorporates market structure competency and its proprietary tech to form these algorithmic trading strategies to help investors identify factors and the fair value of stocks that generate alpha. We all want to get to alpha. Let's get their insights on financial markets this morning. First up, welcome Stan Lim, CEO of Integer Alpha. How are you doing this morning? Hi, Michelle. Thanks for having me on a sunny Tuesday morning. Really thrilled to speak with you. Let's get your take on financial markets right now. I think there's a lot of interest, particularly on what's happening in China. People wondering if after a tumultuous year 2021 has been, whether or not Chinese stocks are attractive again, whether we can expect their rebound and if peak regulatory risk has passed. So what are your thoughts on Chinese tech stocks? Are you sort of glass up? empty or glass half full? Yeah, this is a really good question. So the China's tech clampdown signifies a strong stance directed at Chinese businesses to work towards the government policies of cease common prosperity. The market looks like it's receding at the moment due to the crackdown, but uh, we do expect it to wrap up by the end of the year. Despite the crackdown, it might be also a good time to enter the market forward whose stock prices have plummeted during this period. Thus, to answer your question, we are cautiously optimistic and some of the leading companies that uh, we probably can focus on include uh, Xiaomi. Uh, why is it so? So its visionary founder, Lei Jin, who not only wants to achieve the number one market share in global smartphone market, but also have plans to invest $10 billion over the next 10 years to launch their electric vehicle business in first half of 2024. Okay. Another company to look at mm. uh, will be a common name is Alibaba. Mm. So currently, AliCloud is on track to generate significant revenue in the next three years. And uh, currently, it's at a 38.5% market share in China. Its core commerce business takes up about 84% of China's internet population as active users. Although core commerce revenue is facing slower growth, its current uh, PE of 14 is appealing. And having dropped by more than 60%, from its high of Hong Kong dollar 310 in a space of 12 months, it will be interesting to pick up the shares for any individuals or institutions looking at a much broader horizon. Yeah, so you uh, you continue to believe that Alibaba is undervalued and you have confidence sort of in its network effect. Yeah, that's right. Next oh. up, uh, Tencent. Yeah, so the revenue from its value-added services remains strong despite the crackdown. And uh, the crackdown targets the miners, but the revenue coming from the miners account for only about 6% of their entire gaming revenue. Other stocks to look at include Meituan. So most of the bad news is probably priced in and there's more regulatory clarity now with them just having paid a fine recently. 
Last but not least, DD is also quite interesting because mm. the shared mobility market in China is forecast to grow at 27.5% average annual rate in 2025 from now. And there are more than 80% market share in China will definitely come into play. Well, thank you very much. Those are great insights. I want to turn your focus now to the EV sphere. You mentioned that. I wonder if we can expand on it a little bit. Tesla took 12 years to build 100,000 cars, but really China's uh, Xpeng and NIO took about half that time. So a lot of attention on uh, the cars of Chinese Tesla challenges, NIO and Xpeng, for example. Um, do you think that Tesla still maintains a moat, a uh, competitive moat? Is Tesla still ahead compared to NIO and Xpeng? Yeah, I think that's the question that everyone has been looking at at the moment. So maybe we can start with a brief of the EV industry at the moment. Mm-hmm. So for the EV industry, currently approximately about 2.5 million vehicles have been sold worldwide in the first half of 2021 and it's estimated to hit 30 million vehicles by 2030. The global markets are starting to project their EV visions. For example, the big three countries, US, they are targeting 50% of all new vehicles sold to, to be EV by 2030. In India, they expect 100% electrification by 2030. And in China, the government targets at least 20% of new car sales to be EV by 2025. So just now when you ask about Tesla being ahead of NIO and Xpeng, mm-hmm. the answer is definitely a yes if we are looking through at the market capitalization numbers. Right. So Tesla currently, their market cap is $1 trillion USD as compared to NIO at $63 billion and Xpeng is at $40 billion. So Tesla is almost 10 times bigger than both of them combined if we just look at the share price. And some quick insights on the three hotshot firms. Uh, for Tesla, they have hit their target of 1 million EV sales in 2021 and they are projected to double by 2022 and quadruple by 2024. And for NIO, a lot of people may not know that NIO actually differentiates itself through its industry-leading battery swapping uh, technology or battery as a service, uh, BAS as they are called. And for Xpeng, they recently launched its first SUV G9 last Friday as a direct competitor to Tesla Model Y. And their autonomous driving solutions are one of the most advanced. Uh, Last but not least, we also want to talk about one of the new companies that has recently IPO'd, Rivian. So Amazon owns an 18% stake in Rivian and they intend to buy 100k electric delivery vehicles from them by 2030. And they recently IPO'd at 78 and went to almost a high of almost 180. Currently, as of yesterday's prices, they are trading closer to the IPO price of 118 and giving it a market cap of 110 Uh We did see overnight Rivian, which has been valued ahead of Ford and General Motors. We we did see Rivian dropping about 8% and some say investors are taking profits here. What is your outlook for Rivian? If we have a long-term outlook of the electric vehicle industry, uh, it seems like most of the uh, electric vehicle companies, including Rivian, stocks that we can definitely keep a watch out and be cautiously optimistic on. All right, let's bring it back home, Stan. I'm speaking with Stan Lim. He is CEO of Integer Alpha, just 39 years old, so definitely a millennial. And uh, we're going to be finding out more about Stan and the company in just a while. But Stan, I want to get your thoughts on more sort of uh, market news that we've been discussing and debating. At home, we speak a lot about SGX-listed REITs, and many of those REITs have malls in their portfolios. So I think a big question is, you know, whether or not 
shopping malls are ever going to regain the sort of uh, profits that we saw pre-COVID. So what is the future as you see it for the retail space and what impact could that have on SREITs? Okay, actually, um, if we were to take a look around, seems like the shopping mall were even more packed than pre-COVID. <laughs> Is it? I'm not heading to malls, so <laughs> I'll take your word for it. <laughs> okay, but uh, looking at the retail REITs such as uh, Star Hill Global REIT, Fraser Centerpoint Trust, and SPH REIT, mm-hmm. and among these, uh, Star Hill is probably the pick of the lot. They recently posted strong results, and uh, they also talk about rent reversions in the coming year due to their new tenant mix to cater to increased tourist numbers in the next 6 to 12 months. And their dividend yield of 6% at the current price is definitely a good hedge for inflation. And they also have one more good news that came in recently and they are included into the APRA NARI Developed Asia Index. Uh, and it will probably get more fund managers to get into the stock. So with all the positive news that is coming in, and we would definitely think that there might be a potential re-rating of the stock. All right. Well, thank you very much for that. Really useful. Stan Lim is CEO of Integer Alpha. They're a Singapore-based, privately owned, proprietary trading firm, and they're centered on algorithmic trading. Stan, I understand you started out as an engineering major in university and then went on to become a prop trader, proprietary trader at Philips Securities. That was back in 2007. So how do you go from engineering to finance then? Going to finance was definitely not as planned as mentioned. I was looking at various options when I was applying for universities going back in the early 2000s. Going to engineering was the norm back then as the prospect was perceived to be stable and challenging. While my major was in engineering, I had exposure to my minor in business and taking some modules in finance encouraged me to look for jobs in this space. So eventually, I secured a role and started my career as a trader in 2007. And it was a great period to help me get accustomed to the world of trading. At the time, the market was at its all-time high. And soon after, it was the U.S. subprime crisis. And we saw S&P drop 60% from 1565 to 676. Come to think of it, the S&P had rallied almost sevenfold from its low in 2009 to where we are today at 4650. All right. Listen, you're a 39-year-old CEO, Stan. Um, What from your study of stocks have you come to understand of how prices of stocks move? I think a lot of people have been waiting to hear you answer this question, Stan. (laughs) As mentioned, I started my career during the subprime crisis. Mm -hmm. So I was fortunate enough to see firsthand of the greed in the bull market and the fear in the bear periods. In my mind, prices of assets are always speculative in nature, be it in stocks, futures, bonds, real estate, or even cryptocurrencies. We are always hovering between the fair value or the fair price, but it tends to be overvalued in bullish periods and undervalued in bearish times. Thus, we will always come across terms like buy when everyone is fearful and sell when everyone is greedy. In a nutshell, the market is a voting machine in the short run, but a weighing machine in the long run, Mm. as Warren Buffett likes to say. And actually, the quote comes from Benjamin Graham, the father of value investing and his key mentor. So to do well in this industry, we ought to know our trading or investing time frame. All right. Love that quote, by the way. Uh, can you help us understand, people listening in may not all be familiar with algorithmic trading or prop trading. So can you tell us a little bit about what Integer Alpha does? What is prop trading and how does it work? Okay. A quick background about our firm. Integer Alpha was established in 2014. Currently, we are a multi-strat quant firm that trades most asset classes across Asia. 
When we started the firm eight years ago, we were trading only equity index futures, but have since expanded to other asset classes such as equities, commodities, and FX. On top of that, we are also market makers in key exchanges in the world, providing liquidity to different contracts in different asset classes. At the moment, we have built algo strategies to help us in screening and making good risk-reward trades across stocks in Asia. We do mid-frequency trades. We are not high-frequency traders like some of our peers. So a typical trade setup will be one where there's a positive expected value. That is, if we were to enter these trades multiple times, we won't always be right. Mm-hmm. But we will be right more often. So if we were to do these trades consistently, it will bring forth the desired performance. So taking our use case of what we have learned from the algorithmic trading strategies, we are working towards scaling up our business by looking into opening ourselves to getting external capital in the medium term. And one key interesting fact in our strategy mm-hmm. is that it is non-correlated to any other asset classes, thus offering diversification in any portfolio. However, at the current moment, we are geared towards our main focus of making consistent good trades and delivering superior risk-adjusted performance for all our stakeholders. All right. And you mentioned scaling up eventually. Can you tell us who your stakeholders are now? Who does Integer Alpha serve and who do you foresee serving in future? Okay, so currently all our stakeholders are myself and my team. And um, we are focused on getting potentially getting external capital in the years to come. Okay, wonderful. And for people listening in thinking, you know, I'd like to join Stan's team. What are you looking for with, uh, what do you say is key to being a successful trader? Okay, I can't say that I'm the best person to answer this question because I'm still a student of the market. But uh, for those interested to join, I think passion is always a key. Mm-hmm. And having good energy and detail-oriented will definitely be good. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for joining us and giving us a glimpse of your world. Stan Lim, CEO of Integer Alpha, joining us this morning on Money and Me. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.